them howling around your kitchen door You better not let him in Little old lady got mutilated late last night Werewolves of London again the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrodes. get into an episode i just launch right into the story but given the technical difficulties we just had and i'm totally willing to claim that is all on my end that there isn't much more than i can do about that and i apologize to both my wonderful guests matt and kimbra and tony hopefully who will be joining us shortly yeah, um, i am here and a hundred percent unacceptable not allowed how did you so so do are because of the because of the difficulties do we have all of you or am i just hearing tony can you hear us yep i got you kimbra okay cool cool so sorry about that everyone thank you so much for coming in here and coming on board absolutely i, I wanted to start off i usually just launch right into the whatever topic i want to get into but I wanted to start off by throwing out a couple questions. Now, I noticed how, Kimberly, you had said that you hate it when people mispronounce Hermione's name. And whenever, I have never mispronounced Hermione's name, getting into Harry Potter. But whenever I look at McGonagall, I always had like this English brain fart. And I, I would always say McGonagall. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what what I know Tony you might have asked this before but for you Tony as well what draws what like spoke to you about Harry why Harry Potter as opposed to anything else uh, well there's there's a few reasons but probably one of the, the biggest things is that um, Harry Potter was an escape for me as a kid and teenager during some very hard and trying times in my life. And because of that, uh, I was able to escape a reality that I didn't really want to be in and deal with. But it also was something that uh, got me into reading. I actually had never really read a book before I uh, um, took the library book that I took uh, 
it, which was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, and it started reading, which I had never given that book back. So hopefully that library company doesn't come looking for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you if if you hear a thump, if you, if you hear thump 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 on the door, it's probably someone knocking on our door. So, <laughs> not me, and not not for that library book. Good. No. <laughs> no. I will um, have you know though something that's really interesting, and I was blown away by this is uh, my my wife says that if we have a daughter, she actually wants to uh, name our daughter Hermione, and it is completely unrelated to Harry Potter. We just both really like that name. Yeah, I like, um, I like, see, yeah, I, I like Hermione. Um, am I mistaken, and something else I wanted to mention, am I mistaken in thinking that Ginny, Ginny, Ginny's real name is Ginerva? Nope, that's correct. Okay, okay. And was, who, now according to now as long as Ron Harry, as Cl- did, did, was there someone before Ginny in the books? Like his girlfriend? Oh, there was, but I'll let, I'll let Kimber handle that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was, he was kind of infatuated with Cho before Jenny. Cho okay. Chang. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Okay, that, now the one you said Cho, that brought that back. Um, was it, was it there, let me just, as the, as the non- a residential Harry Potter expert wasn't there also a girl he kind of made eyes with in the uh, in London at like a shop or something like a in the movies like... yes okay in the books no okay okay I, I mean I don't think they dated or anything but I'm just trying I'm just trying to say look I know a little bit about Harry Potter so I'm just I'm just throwing my Harry Potter weight around which is I'm... very small it doesn't weigh much but I do what I can <laughs> I'm with you on that one, Matt. I know very little about Harry Potter, and what I do know, it's from reading up through books. I got to admit here, Tony and Canberra, please don't throw this against me too much. And if you want to, go for it. Um, I, I think I stopped at around five, five, and then when we went to Universal Orlando. We, my niece and nephew, wanted to go through, go go to Hogwarts, and they wanted to go in diagonal out. Diag- See, I just, I just ruined the joke right there. <laughs> um, and I was saying that we can't, we can't walk straight down the street, and they looked at me like, Uncle why? And I said, because we have to walk diagonally. <laughs> That yeah, they did that. Some of them laughed, and some of them went, "Oh dear lord." Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, interesting question. I had one of my producers ask me, "Do you think Tony and Kimbra and even Matt? Do you think there's similarities between? Because I can see it similarities between J.K. Rowling and Tolkien. Because if you kind of think about it, Tolkien has the ring wraiths." And and J.K. Rowling has a de- has the um, oh my god brain has the um, Dementors. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Matt. I, I uh, will say that I mouthed that. I, to knew, him. I knew it. Okay. I knew it. <laughs> I, okay. I 
I didn't know where you were going with it at first, but I was also completely distracted. I'm not going to lie. So Alabama football is on in the back in I, I, in the background here, and I'm loving it right now because Alabama is losing. But I was completely distracted because there was a huge like black bird just sitting on the 30 yard line as they're getting ready to pass the ball to it, and it didn't move as everyone was running at it. And I'm like, this bird is about to die on national television. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, is so there's I've always wondered that about Harry. Like is there is there any similarities that that Tolkien that that JK Rowling drew from Tolkien because of the similarities in that? I I know there is a song by an artist called the Great Luke Ski which is about Lord of the Rings and he actually does this whole bit of lyric about what you think is Frodo, but then he says it's actually Harry Potter, and all these things like connect and collide. You know, like there's a wi- older wizard mentor and all this sort of thing. But but I think the reality is that um, there are no completely original ideas left. So yeah. I don't think that J.K. Rowling copied off Tolkien by any means, but I think there's influence there, and I think that some of those concepts even predate Tolkien. And mm-hmm. just have made it into the mythos of, of especially England, because they're both from England, and so you see that in you know in literature throughout the ages. Okay, mm. I've um... that's my that's my more. I'm I'm a little more familiar with. Well, I don't know if I'm more familiar with Tolkien. I did take a college course on Tolkien, so that makes me. You're more familiar with familiar. Tolkien than I am. Yeah, but yeah, definitely then because you're. But that's but that's not because I'm that familiar with Tolkien. That's I'm because no, that's because you're that familiar with J.K. Rowling. Like, <laughs> and I like Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling. Like, I am like. But you've uh, never read the books. No, I have not. But I'm an. I'd say I'm an above average fan. But compared to you and Tony, I'm just somebody who saw the film once or something. So, <laughs> all things being relative. And, I know there's there's definitely similarities there. Um, I would say visually, uh, if you were to look at the raids as they are in what we would consider the the mortal realm as the hobbits and then see them, um, they are vastly different than when Frodo sees them with the ring on. Um, whereas the Dementors themselves constantly look the way that they look. There, there really is no changing that. So visually, I would say, yes, they're very much the same. Uh, and that might only be really the only similarity that you would see is, is probably just aesthetically because their their attributes outside of just being evil, um, there's not much um, in the ways that, that they act or the, the ways that they do things that uh, I would say is really similar. And then even just the basis for their existence where with the, the ring raves, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but being the um, the older uh, generation kings um, that ha- that were corrupt by by power. That, I believe that's what the ring rays were. Yep. Correct. Yep, that is correct. Um, where dementors are almost essentially, um, they could be uh, completely innumerous. They they could keep breeding. You actually see that happen in one of the books where they talk about the fact that they had started breeding, and so uh, those were creatures that could live where. Um, the wraiths themselves were once human and uh, they are limited in their number. Oh, the wraiths were once human. I thought they were just like figments of Sauron. And no. are no, they... they're, they're sort of cursed in, in a sense. They're sort of cursed by the ring to, to the ultimate 
end of being cursed by the ring. It's like what what Frodo or Gollum would possibly have become had they been completely corrupted. How do the how do the Dementors factor into to I know that throughout the book, like you said, Tony, throughout the book it's he who must not be named. But well, they weren't created by he who must not be named. They weren't created by Voldemort. They were creatures that had already existed. Oh, okay. Oh, they're, okay. they're they're literally just essentially like a creature. They're 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 really no. I mean, obviously of the magical sort, um, but they are a creature. They they have life. They can reproduce. They if you were to look at the what we would consider uh, scientifically, I and mean, this is more Matt's realm, but what we would consider um, a living creature, they they hold the dynamic of being considered a living creature in the way that they they do exist i can't say that they probably need oxygen to survive that's probably well beyond their need as they are a magical creature but they do have other characteristics of actually being a living creature whereas again the other ones while they were once human are now um corrupted in that sense so i have let me ask this question to kimber or tony then because i'm I'm not 100 percent sure but were the Dementors actually an evil species or were they they just being utilized that way? I don't know if they, I mean, they... they Because they were like protecting the, they were like keeping the prisoners in Azkaban, right? So yeah, they, because they, they feed on like the happiness mm-hmm. of people and whatnot. So if you put people into prison you don't want them to be happy so you put the dementors there they can feed on that happiness prisoners are unhappy the dementors are full all is well right but that doesn't necessarily make them evil that's just how they survive it just happens to work out that way i I, right never thought that deep into it like a mosquito you know like a mosquito is not really evil that just happens to be the most lethal animal on the planet if you take into consideration the vectors that it carries so but it doesn't make the mosquito an evil thing they're just doing their thing to survive it's different than something that would be like the ring rates that are actually an evil entity the the thing that i would i would come back against that is um the way that it is um described right off the bat a dementor if i can remember correctly it's described as one of the foulest creatures that walk the earth even though they technically glide but it says the i believe it says that they the foulest creatures that walk the earth they infest darkest darkest they infest the darkest filthiest places um they glory in decay and despair they drain peace hope and happiness out of the air that they're in like the area that they are they drain those things out and so based on those things um where it thrives the way that it is basically described is evil and they are a magical creature like you said so they're like you would you wouldn't hold a a natural creature necessarily to the same standards as far as like quote unquote good and evil as you you hold individuals to that standard they also made the choice to be on voldemort's side and work for him Oh, so because okay. of yeah, okay. because of what Voldemort promised them, which was more yeah. freedom to do what they do already, but just yeah. Okay, that pushes that pushes them in the evil category, yeah. I think, a little bit. Not yeah. so in that way for sure. I apologize for interrupting for interrupting really quick, but I'm getting a ping on my text, and my producers are reminding reminding me to say to remind everyone who's listening, it is 
it is our podcast it is the fiasco's podcast um pride month so we want to i want to make sure we throw that out there and make sure that the Uncty Fiasco is doing a promote, uh, doing a fund drive for the for the Pride Foundation out here in Seattle. And if you'd like to um, make a donation or make something, give something, we'd ask that you give it to the Pride Foundation. And then there's a link in the community on Facebook where you can click on that link and it goes takes you to their give portion. And you can you can give to the Pride Foundation. So it is the this the the Fiasco's Pride Month. So. They just wanted me to mention that. They just kept saying, please mention it, please mention it, please get in there, please get in there. So it's in there, girls. Are you happy now? <laughs> um, and don't so. don't apologize to us for interrupting us in your in your pie. Just tell us to shut up, Dan. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um do do you guys and I'll answer oh, I also should I should mention this because I told myself to remember to say this and I know I'm gonna forget it, so here it goes. In the beginning, when you listen back, in the beginning of the podcast, I always try to put in or my producers put it in some kind of like musical intro or like a bit of a song or something like that. And I put in a couple of suggestions for because Matt, you had mentioned Halloween music. And I don't know about you guys, but if I hear Christ, uh, Christmas music, it drives me bananas. Because that's all you hear from June until the middle of July the next year. That's <laughs> all, all you hear. But Halloween music, that's great. So I put um, Warren Zevon's Werewolves in London, the Monster Mash, and um, the Anthem for when I was I was in Las Vegas during 10-1-2017 and one of the anthems that was that played around that time was the Imagine Dragons Warriors and they played that as an anthem for all the survivors and all in the memory of the 58 victims so that's on there and I, I just I wanted to ask you guys that if you guys have any questions of me, of us, feel free to ask. I'm happy to answer what I can. Okay, cool. Um, well, Dan, I want to know what is your like. Okay, so obviously, Kimber and Tony are are huge Harry Potter fans. Like that is their that is their thing. That is no. their jam. Do you have <laughs> a, a a fictional uh, book series, movie series, television series? Oh yeah. That's right. Kimber's, Kimber's reminding me that I already know the answer to this, as I'm saying. But I'll ask for those that may not know. Right. Probably knows. What is my, your What is your jam? My I I will say to anyone, my Star Wars, my Star Trek, is Jurassic Park. Um, which which I I should have known because we've actually yes. we've talked we've actually about talked it about that in stuff. videos and stuff. Yes. Um, <laughs> There are things, and I'm not, and I have repeatedly said on several episodes, I am not by the stretch of anyone's imagination an expert on anything paleontological. But there's a bit being following the series and loving the series that I've developed knowledge of. And like several friends say, it's not work and it's not hard if you love it. And that's true. It really is true. It's not difficult and it's not complex to me if i love it if i like jurassic park it just it's not and to hear to me to think about like 
I'm watching Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, and I'm going, that's not Velociraptors existed, but that's not what they look like. They're actually a previous episode. I mentioned what they're actually modeled after, but um, and and Matt, you have heard me say this quite a few times. A mosasaur. Um, I'm a huge fan of a mosasaur. I like mosasaurs, the T-Rex of the water, um, the Alpha and the Omega of the ocean. Um, there are things that, like I have said. Um, my Gene Roddenberry is Michael Crichton, um, and and it's interesting. My my stepmother, when she taught, she taught French, French. She taught French, and she taught Michael Crichton's kids. Huh, that's cool. Wow. And this was after. So imagine my surprise. I'm reading through the Lost World, and I'm just lumming. I'm going. This is. I'm devouring it like candy. And my stepmother comes in and she says, "Oh yeah, I taught Crichton's kids." I'm looking like, "You did what? You taught his kids like kind of like that." Um, what are they like? What was he like? Did you meet him? She said, "Oh yeah, I met Michael Crichton." And I said, "Wait a minute! You don't just open with that and then walk away from the table. <laughs> That's not okay. You got to tell me." Where's my signed book? Where? Exactly. <laughs> Where's my signed DVD? Matt, I think I actually asked. Um, my stepmother's name is Mel, and I said, "Mel, I think I actually, I think I just, I asked her, Mel, can we go in to school with you and get Crichton to sign one of our books?" But then, you know, I'd be too fanboy. So, <laughs> um, there is. Would you? Would you ever consider? Because I don't. I know Tony. You do creatures and men. Matt and Kimberly, your thing is a cruise creature. Um, that's part of the reason why I wouldn't, if I do a creature, I do a whole episode on like the Mosasaur or the T-Rex or, you know, the Velociraptor or the Dilophosaur. Um, I do a whole episode on it because if I divulged a lot about creatures, there's not that much info that I can get into other than what I've read and what I know just off the top of my head. So it wouldn't be as in-depth as yours are, Tony, and as yours are, Matt and Kimbra. Um, so I, I know, plus, that's not my thing. That's your thing, and that's Tony's thing. So, you know, I don't, I don't touch that. So um, I've wanted to think... I've also wanted to ask why, for both of... for all three of you, why podcasting? What drew you to it? Going all the way back to the cruise geeks and going all the way back, what drew the three of you to podcasting and in particular cruising? Who wants to go first? You guys go ahead. Well, I think okay. you're the beginning of I'm, this. I'm the beginning. Well, let me go back, way back, and we need like that that music that plays when you go. Go up to well, 88 they, miles they were... per hour. <laughs> I had a I had a long commute to work back in the day and by back in the day I mean about nine, nine years ago when I started working at the aquarium and so I discovered that I liked listening to podcasts quite a bit and at lunch I would spend my lunches listening to podcasts and I, I listened to a variety of topics but around that same time I discovered cruising and discovered it was something that I loved and, and I was also watching 
a lot of YouTube videos of, of cruise vloggers because I, I was trying to understand what cruising was as I was getting into it. And so it occurred to me that um, I could I could do a podcast. Actually, two people that I worked with started podcasts at the aquarium. One of them was on the science of Pokemon and the other one it was on paleontology. So I listened to, well, I listened to especially the paleontology one quite a bit and I did artwork for the Pokemon one for their cover art and I was like you know I think I could do this and it'd probably be a lot of fun so that's kind of how it all started for me as, as I, I tried it out and as anybody who knows me can tell you that I kind of talk a lot so it was just a natural fit for me and so the Cruise Geeks worked out for a long time and then when that one ended I decided I wanted to do another one, which is where Fantastic Cruising was born. And then that is uh, right around the same time that, or right after the time that Kimber and I got together. So uh, I, I kind of was like, I do this podcast thing. And she was like, okay. And she helped me with it. And then within like a few episodes, suddenly she's a co-host, which has improved the podcast exponentially. Has it? It has. I think, I really do think it has. Like I, I say concur. That, I, I would concur as well. Those, but but also because I sincerely believe that is the is the truth. Nothing nothing against you at all, Matt. I would con- I would agree with Tony, and I would concur as well. I can <laughs> I go back as far as as far as Apple Podcasts will let me go, and I go all the way back to the beginning of the library, and I listen to the pre Kimbra shows, and then I listen to when Kimbra jumped on, and I was like, there is a difference here. I mean, there's yeah, a very noticeable difference. Because it wasn't, it was just me talking at you the whole Which time. Which is kind of what it is now, too. Well, I mean, we do get a little bit of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but that but that kind of fun conversational aspect and the um, and the part that we kind of pick on each other a little bit in a loving way. What I, people I, call banter. What, yes, banter is the official term for it that people have chosen. But I, I think that really uh, just gives our podcast some character and it, and it changes the dynamic of it. Now I say that, um, but I also love listening to podcasts like Tony's where it's Tony just talking because it's super interesting. And Dan, a lot of times it's just you talking, but the difference with your guys' podcasts and our podcast is that Tony, you have literally a whole library of stuff to, to talk about and discuss and Dan, you you just pick topics from all, all over, whereas right. cruising is kind of limited. So, you know, you can only cover so many cruise topics before you start to run out. And if you don't have something else going with that, it's just going to get people aren't going to just want to listen to you say the same things over and over again. So uh, for cruising, I think it's necessary to have that conversational uh, aspect to it. And eventually, there are, there are people that do it without like uh there's a podcast called always be booked with tommy casabona and that man is a i love his podcast he's very different than me but that's part of the reason why i love his podcast and he is a he is an amazing storyteller and so so his podcast works very well because he's always going off the rails of cruising and just telling his stories and they're engaging and stuff so it works that's what strikes me very very um close very personally and i'm going to give you a huge compliment here tony that strikes me as very very personal is when you go through the chapters and when you're reading the stories it's not just like i'm listening and you have said you don't want to you don't want the perspective of someone reading the book or an audiobook 
and it's not and and I can't speak forever. Stuff. Just when I say that, getting, we're getting the impression of someone who is generally into the books and generally is reading the stories and wants to tell us about this because he enjoys it because this is really his thing and he loves it. No, definitely, and and thank you. It it is as I've said. I think I've I've mentioned it the past few episodes that I've had is. Um, I, I'm not reading them as an audiobook, and, and I'm not going through them as a movie. I, I, yes, I'm drawing comparisons to both of them, um, but this is me coming up with my talking points as I'm going through them on a chapter-by-chapter basis. And I don't want it to be any of those things. I want this to be a, a new, unique way to enjoy the stories again. But uh, no lie, and this is something I know I've already I've doted on Matt and Kimbra a lot uh, as I've talked about them in my my podcasts. I've talked with them um, personally as well but something i haven't told them yet is uh hopefully this is uh new for them to hear but um cruise geeks was actually the very first podcast i had ever listened to um the very first one and that is what got me into podcasting and so um following that um fantastic cruising was the next big one that i had started listening to now i listened to a few other ones in there there was one that is by um oh, i think his name is mike duncan and it's completely on the the history the rise and fall of the roman empire that i listened to and that was probably the second oh, cool. biggest one that i ever listened to and it is just absolutely amazing to me one of my um absolute fondest um things to get into is uh greek and roman mythology i I love mythology in itself and to study it to to look into it and so the 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 greek and roman culture is very enthralling to me but um it was really um matt and then matt and kimbra that got me into to podcasting i uh got to talk with um with matt I, i believe on an episode of cruise geeks and I remember telling everyone about it, and it was funny that uh, somebody in my family had texted me and said, wow, this might be a new thing for Tony to get into. And then sure enough, it, it has led to what I'm doing now. Um, I was just so happy to actually be on a, an episode with him, and I was like, you know what? I really want to try something like this. And uh, there really wasn't anything more knowledgeable uh, that I had in my life than, than Harry Potter. And so I was like, well, I guess that's what I'm going to talk about is Harry Potter. Well, Tony, let me just say that if if uh, if Fantastic Cruising and the Cruise Geeks did anything good, then that that's enough right there. Because I, I love your podcast, and and you are a dynamic storyteller, and I think you are just made for the audio format. And 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 it's and it's such a it's such a joy, you know. If, if anybody out there, whether you're a Harry Potter fan already, whether you're new getting into Harry Potter. Like if, if you read the books, and really I think that you should read the books, even though I sit here as somebody who hasn't, um, and then listen to your podcast as almost like, I, I won't say cliff notes, because that's like, it's almost the opposite of cliff notes. Um, just giving you that study guide of Harry Potter and just just challenging you to think about it. It's just a really cool experience that uh, that is very unique. And I've listened to other podcasts on fandom and a lot of times they just miss the mark with that and they just end up, you know, just not really getting it. But, but you definitely, I think, hit the mark very well. Thank you. 
I would I would concur with with Tony's with Tony's assessment and what Tony was saying. I remember why I why I can harken back to why I got into podcasting and why I started to do it. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that along with along with my background in film and stuff, I was actually a general manager of a radio station when I was in high school and college. So I have a lot of knowledge and a lot of background and stuff in radio. And I always look like, like, this is fun. I mean, a lot of people tell me you have the perfect face for radio. But um, <laughs> oh. uh, the, hopefully they were joking. No, yes. um, I'm sure they were. <laughs> yes. Um, I enjoyed radio. And when I left, when I left high school and college, I thought, well, there's going to be, there's got to be a way to do this. And at the time, podcasting wasn't as big as it is now. And I thought, okay what how can i do this how can i get more of myself and do what i want to do and put it out there just like radio and then i came upon i thought okay podcasting maybe maybe eh, i was kind of so so about it and then i stumbled upon the cruise geeks and then fantastic cruising and i thought what first struck me when i was first listening was that I'm not listening to people, although it's true, who know way more than anyone I've ever known about cruising. I'm listening. It honestly felt like I was listening to my family, to my next door neighbors and my family as well. And it was like, okay, you know, they either say candy for the ears or, or magic for the ears. It was like that. And it was like, this is like... I really I want to hear more and as, as much as I can because this is just fun. It felt like I was being talked to by friends, by family and friends. And I thought, I know I said this before, but I thought, and initially I thought, well, hey, if they can't do it, if they do it, if they can do it, and I have all this background in in radio, why can't I do it? And I, I questioned several people about this and you know what I came to the conclusion why shouldn't I do it like I there's no reason I can't do it so I thought I sat down and said what are my points what do I want to touch on and I said I could narrow it down to a specific topic or I can do it on whatever is interesting to me and whatever just strikes my fancy and seems cool to me and that's what I started doing that's where the empty fiasco came in and for a lot of people who don't know and i'll definitively say this the name is actually unc unc is the first three letters of uncle and d is my first initial so and it's what my niece and nephew call me so i borrowed that and i went well i could be having a good time or i could be having a fiasco so <laughs> and i lumped Thank it together for- the- Thank you Go for ahead. clearing that up because I thought you were just a huge like University of North Carolina fan, and that's why that's there. <laughs> <laughs> Tony. <laughs> well, um, isn't it cool though that like podcasting is a thing? Because I, I would have never twenty years ago, I, I wouldn't have never been able to make these desires to do a podcast like there's no way that that would have come to fruition and and how many other voices out there wouldn't be heard and it's not like like our podcast you know we don't reach the the uh, hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands we're reaching maybe 
a thousand or something like that, I think, o- over time. But but that thousand, um, those are very select people that, that you can find that you would never find in, in normal circumstances. We have listeners in the UK, we have listeners in Australia, we have listeners in Canada, we have all over the planet. And it's it's only possible because you can just very inexpensively with not too much equipment, you can make these podcasts and get them out there where people that are similar to you or have similar interests to you can find you. And then what's different about, I think, like traditional radio and things of that nature is that we get to meet and talk to either through the internet or sometimes in person, many of the people that listen to our podcast. And, and to us, we don't see them as like our our fan base. I mean, sometimes I like to think of it that way, but but really we see them as new friends and, and we've made friends and just met some really amazing people. And and that's that's kind of a cool thing that podcasts can do. So I'd say if you're out there listening to this and you're thinking like, Dan, you know, should I do a podcast? Then listen to what he says. Just do it because it it's not it's not expensive to do. It doesn't have to be expensive to do. You could you can spend some money on equipment, but you don't have to. And uh, and and just just try it out. You don't you know nobody's gonna like hold you to it if you if you don't if you don't stick with it. You know just give it a shot and see see what where it takes you. If now we heard from Matt and from Tony, but Kimbra, what? what brought what brought you to specifically anything more than what's already been said to podcasting and specifically to cruising um well kind of basically what what matt said so the cruise geeks ended and um then the two of us started dating and you know a few months went by and he was like yeah i kind of really want to do this podcast thing again and i said okay so, you know, we, we started up Fantastic Cruising. We came up with all of that together. And it was, the plan was it to be him and I was in the background. So the first few episodes, I did all the research and I fed it to him. He did all the recording and I just sat there and listened. And after what, four or five episodes, he was like, all right, you can do it too. And I was like, are you sure? And that's how I got into it. <laughs> I'm glad he did. Uh, like- initially, my my plan was that I was going to reach out to all my friends in the cruising community and try and get a guest on like every other week, which is really really hard to do because people have schedules and you know we we work a full time job, so trying to get the podcast and record it with somebody and then get it all done it, it's it's hard to do that over and over again. So. I was really happy and hoping that that she would jump in and then she did. And so we still try and get guests on, but not nearly as frequently as, as I initially wanted to, which is good because it's, you know, it's, it is, like I said, it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to get guests and, and it just kind of get, makes it a little bit different and easier. Now we're doing the video version, which seems to be going really well. I like the video version a lot. Yeah. And so that, that I think is, is even more important that you know, that she's there with me because she kind of like, she completes me. <laughs> Aww. Somebody has to be there to, to not laugh yeah. at my jokes, but obviously not laugh at my jokes. <laughs> so really quick, something I wanted to share, uh, I talked about this in my, my 10th episode, which is crazy. I'm only 10 episodes in, but I, uh, 
I had somebody from France actually reach out to me over Reddit, uh, where I have a a group under the name Common Room Talk. Yeah, I heard that. This this guy told me that. <clears throat> excuse me uh he actually has been encouraged to start his own harry potter podcast based off of like how i've talked about that i have zero experience in this but i really wanted to do it and i got to to the chance to talk with him and i encouraged him i said no go do this like if this is something you want to do do it go buy the equipment all of this stuff is free except obviously the equipment but like the software and stuff that you need like just go do it like if this is something that you want to do and this is not just to him this is not his name's antoine this is not just antoine but anyone who is listening like if this is something that you want to do like if you have this passion you just want to talk and you want to do a podcast like don't be afraid just go out and do it like and if anything just record yourself talking and listen to it and then have your friends listen to it and have your family listen to it and listen to their feedback and if they think like yeah you know what this is something that you could do then go do it like it's it's already so rewarding and the fact that i'm only 10 episodes in and after just probably four or five episodes somebody from another continent listened to me talk about harry potter and it moved him so much that he wanted to do it himself like it's so rewarding just in that aspect that's really cool yeah that that's that's really awesome i've have had a lot of people actually come up to me and then me via through my producers come up to my producers and say you know we really we really appreciate how how you talk about things and how you approach every episode that you do and it's not like you prepare things except for you know there's something i don't know and i do research on it as i've said several times um how you don't seem to prepare things and it doesn't seem produced it doesn't seem like hopefully you know what i mean when i say it doesn't seem produced but um it doesn't seem like it's been overproduced it seems like you're just talking you're just having a conversation with whoever's listening and i said that's the intent i don't want it to sound like i'm running it through a production like i want it to sound like i'm talking to you whoever you are and that's that's how i want to come off come off like that i also i uh, let me put plainly clear anyone who edits anything whether it be a podcast or an online video stream i have the utmost respect for you for whatever you do because i can't even tell you how violently i hate editing <laughs> it is it is... try and go through two hours of duplicate underwater footage and make that into five minutes I think we might have lost Dan did we lose Dan I think so well while he's trying to get reconnected I do want to say something that I did misspeak on when it comes to Dementors and uh, Dan if you can still hear us we can't hear you but we're going to hijack your your podcast now (laughs) so enjoy Um, but they are even though they are considered quote-unquote creatures they are um technically considered non-being they're they're classified by the ministry of magic as non-being being a non-human spiritist apparition um but i still i don't know it's still weird because obviously they go through the um the ability to reproduce and they they do have to feed off of something to to 
continue to um, thrive. And so they, they do have characteristics of life, but unlike the other spirits that you see in the series, they don't just exist. It sounds like Dan might be back now. Yes. Yes, I am. You guys got me? We yes. got you. Okay, we good. I'm sorry, I cut out. I didn't. I don't know if you guys heard everything I was saying. I kind of heard a little bit of what you had said, Tony. No, we. Uh, I, I actually I can't even remember exactly where you cut off because I started talking about Dementors again. We, we okay. hijacked the <laughs> while you were gone. <laughs> um, so, Tony, can you? Other than I know you said Matt and Kimbra, did you say you said? Um, do you have anything other than Harry Potter that's like Harry Potter for you? But any, but. Um, yeah, actually, there's quite a bit. I am, uh, I'm actually quite the nerd. One, I very much enjoy um, the entire Jurassic Park series and the Jurassic World series. I enjoy um, paleontology a bit. I enjoy, um, well, really history in general. But I, I, I really enjoy getting in and looking at different types of dinosaurs and, and the way that they interacted, the things that they ate and stuff like that. I enjoy that a lot. Uh, if you're wondering, um, the plesiosaur, it would probably be one of my favorites. Uh, Pachycephalosaurus is another one of my favorites, um, mostly because of the way they can just butt things with their head. They're very hard-headed, much like myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Artemis Fowl is another way. If you guys have never read Artemis Fowl, it's a great series. It is honestly for kids but it is really good um and then so much more i'm also actually um don't tell anybody this this is a public information um but i am a well, huge, too late i know i'm a huge disney fan and i have never once lost at uh disney trivia pursuit and there's not a uh, disney song that i don't know <laughs> challenge huh. accepted uh oh <laughs> I was going to agree to that too. Now, excuse me while I, excuse me while I pop open Google and look. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but also Christmas. I'm very obsessed with Christmas. I love everything Christmas, including music, Dan. <laughs> Sorry for what I said earlier. No, it is all right. Music's yeah. all right. Just started after Halloween, you know? Like, yes. Right. Right. The, Dan, um, I have a question for you. Go for it, so, camera. I, I know, of course, my Harry Potter house, and I know Matt's, and I know Tony's, and I'm sure we've discussed it before, but what Hogwarts house are you in? So, I'm blanking on what, I'm blanking, I apologize, Tony, I'm blanking on what you had said. Um, I know what Matt and Kimbra's are. I have taken the Pottermore test, like, hundreds of times, and no matter what I do, it keeps coming up Slytherin. That's all right. Well, Look, I know, Matt, you said you were Slytherin and Kimber was Hufflepuff and it switched you to Ravenclaw. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I mean, I, I was weirded out by Slytherin. Now, Kimber assures me that, you know, not all Slytherins are like the, the Malfoy family. Well, but... I, so here's the thing. I said that to make you feel better because I still <laughs> wanted to like you. <laughs> hey, Harry's son ends up in Slytherin, just so That's you know. True. There you go. There you go. But but when I read the description of Ravenclaw, I thought, no, that's definitely me. Like that fits my personality, because I I think Slytherin's kind of like like in charge. What's their what's their ambition? Ambitious, and that's not me. <laughs> I'm yeah. like a very non-ambitious person. Cunning. Cunning. Well, I mean, I they're also considered loyal. 
Yeah, which I can, is I, very strange. I can be loyal, but but I'd say that's not my strongest trait. I, I definitely, I, you know, and let's face it, nobody's probably all one. Well, house, I was gonna but, say because Hufflepuff is like loyal is like the big one, but the other one's patient. Yep. Hufflepuff is patient. Yeah. Do you see me being patient? I mean, in some, <laughs> in some ways, you you are patient. Not when it comes to my birthday gifts. Well, that's well, yeah, that. yeah. in the wise words of Dumbledore. Perhaps we sort too early. Ah, uh, yes. well said, Tony. Who, who, and I'm blanking on the name. Who played Dumbledore? Because I know in Jurassic, I'm going back to Jurassic Park. I know it was Richard Attenborough, but who played um, Dumbledore? I know there were two of them. Um, two actors. The first, the first one is Richard Harris, who is leaps and bounds the greatest Dumbledore. Uh, and the other one is Michael Gambon, who is not a bad Dumbledore. Uh, well, no, I'm going to say he is a bad Dumbledore. He's not a bad actor, but he's a bad Dumbledore. Okay. And when you said when you said loyal for Slytherins, I kind of get it. If you think about the Malfoys, they are they were loyal. I mean, they were loyal right. to the wrong part, but they were right. loyal. Right. So let me hold on. Let me find the exact, the exact words that they use. That why I think they they say loyal. I have it actually on this page right here, as Harry is getting ready to be um, sorted um, during the Sorting Hat's first song. He says about Slytherins, or perhaps in Slytherins you'll make your real friends. Um, and I look at that as being, uh, in a sense, loyal. But when you also look at the way that the Death Eaters are loyal to Voldemort, whether it be out of fear or maybe wanting a taste of that power, um, there's still a sense of loyalty there. Yeah. Yeah. I can't... The, 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 do all the... Do all the, I'm blank. I'm blanking again. Do all the Hogwarts students? Do, do they all have Patronuses and and pets like Crookshanks and Scabbers? The, so it's not. They don't. They're not required to have an animal with them. Um, it is completely up to them if they want to bring one. Um, but they are limited to what they are allowed to have. As far as Patronuses go, it is not typical for students to really be able to produce Patronuses. They're actually not even taught uh, about Patronuses until their their sixth and seventh years, technically. Hmm. But they okay. could theoretically they could all have a patronus depending on who they are now it, it gets very fine and thin depending on how you want to look at it because jk rowling has said that uh the death eaters don't have patronuses and technically then malfoy becomes a death eater and his it's technically his his sixth year but his what we, i would say probably his final year at hogwarts and so does that automatically then mean that he can't make a patronus because he's then a death eater or it's really it's weird how it works because then there are evil people in the world such as like umbridge who can make a patronus and you see her evil and she's actually thriving off of it and i also i apologize this is very quickly well not quickly it has the entire time almost been a harry potter podcast so i am sorry <laughs> no no need to apologize here's one 
Here's one question that my producers just texted to me, and we'll see, we'll see if you, and this may be grabbing at straws, so I apologize for that. Well, let's see if anyone can get it. What does, what does Voldemort have in common with Tim Burton? Matt, can uh, Tim Burton has a nose, right? <laughs> that would that would be what they don't have in common. Right. Yeah. Just um, just making sure that one wasn't it. Uh, did they have the same birthday or something? They might, but that's not what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's Helena Bonham Carter. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now, uh, as I was just. For some reason, when I when I just thought about her name, I jumped back to um, Sweeney Todd. But that's Demon Barbara Fleet Street. Yep, being a film nerd and having a background in that, and growing up and living in New York, I have a huge, huge like my like. If you're questioning me, who is my film idol? I would say it's Tim Burton. I could talk ad nauseum about Tim Burton. I think the guy is a genius to me and what he I could describe to you ad nauseum as to as to the analyzing his films and the themes in his films and and just it's just ad nauseum I could go on um go on Kimber just saw Beetlejuice for the first time this last what yeah thank you thank you Tony I'm sitting here with my jaw on the ground going huh I knew there was something I didn't like about her yeah. Wow! I found out she hadn't seen Beetlejuice. I don't remember how I found out. We came home and watched it that night. So we we, we were at Universal. And, oh right. And we went through like the the shops. The Halloween Horror Nights is this month. And Beetlejuice and, is a big character. Yeah. Universal. Well, they they had an outfit that was like like the Beetlejuice yes. pants as like leggings, and then like the shirt and stuff. And I was like, I really like these pants, but I haven't actually seen Beetlejuice all the way through, so I don't feel like I can buy them. So we Did fixed you like that. it. Yes, I loved it. That's see, I can tell anyone from from coming from a Tim Burton uh, idolizer, one of the greatest films I think he's ever made is Mars Attacks. Oh, I, okay. It's been a minute since I've seen that one. It's on That's, Netflix right now. I didn't realize that was Tim Burton. I don't think. Yeah, it is. Huh, okay. And also, um, if you look in the majority of his films, and here's a little Easter egg that most people don't know. If you look in the majority, of, not all of them, but if you look in the majority of most of uh, Burton's films, a common theme is Lisa Presley, Lisa Marie Presley. Hmm. Uh, she's in most of his films. Oh, wow. And Danny Elfman doing the music. I love yes. Danny Elfman. Oingo Boingo. Love it. Yes. And the, one of the times that we saw, that I saw Beetlejuice with my with my family my uncle looked at beetlejuice and and said he said you said it twice i'm just warning you yeah (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) thank you matt and then said that said that name three times and then i looked at the screen and went batman so (laughs) good old michael keaton i don't know if you saw this but uh michael keaton i think it was a tweet um, said that after 20 years, his bat suit still fits. And it's not those, and wow. it's not those, that ridiculous suit that was in Joel Schumacher's films. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> um, 
there's um, one of the things he does really well. Tim Burton does really well. Blood. Is there at that? Tim Burton and, blood's great. And another thing, if you if you look at Sleepy Hollow, which I also think Sleepy Hollow was great, but oh my goodness, yes. If you look at Sleepy Hollow, and here's something that that I heard him say in an interview, is that if you if you because of the horseman the headless horseman thing if you do that to someone's head heads don't fall like that they don't that's just not biology but he wanted to have them do that spin like that and fall because he thought it looked ridiculous <laughs> and it's totally campy for monster type movies and he thought it looked ridiculous and like, you know and i'm like you know tim i know you and that's great that's funny i totally get it totally totally get it um, a lot of another thing that 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 I how do you I, I wanted to say like other than people suggesting going back to the creatures because I'm going to ask the same thing about you Tony um, the the creatures that you do for the cruise creatures other than people suggesting them to for, to you like I did for the Mosasaur um, how how do you come up with cruise creatures is it like oh I just wanted to do it on that so let's do it on that or how do you, this one jump out to you? How does it come to you? So that is definitely a collaborative effort <laughs> with Kimbra and myself. We have a, a running list of 111 creatures-ish that we've covered. There's been a couple episodes that were not a single creature, but um, we we try and we have criteria that we kind of consider. If It's easy when we've been on a cruise recently because if we saw something that really stood out, then we'll pick that to talk about. Like this last episode, we did the red lip bunny because we saw red lip bunny fish all over. Um, but we try and th pick things that people normally, that people could possibly see on a cruise and typically in the Caribbean, although sometimes we'll go to other parts of the world. And then um, if we can't do that, because sometimes we don't, we try and at least make it things that are, are relevant to to the cruise world in some way and it is getting a little more challenging because you know 111 creatures have been covered that's how many episodes we've got and we're like what are we going to do when we get to 222 like you know you can cover the parrotfish but are you going to cover like every species of parrotfish and how much more information can i give you about a stoplight parrotfish than a queen parrotfish so i think what we're going to end up doing is and we've already done this a little bit is go back and maybe revisit some of these at some point because we definitely redid the Koki. We did that one yeah, twice. Now. Yeah. Because most people are either not going to listen to every episode or if they do, then they haven't heard it for two years. They're okay to hear, hear it again and maybe a fresh take on it or something. That's how, that's how we come up with it. <laughs> Tony. Uh, so I am very selective about the creatures that I'm going through uh, when it comes to the wizarding world. I'm going through Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. It's actually the audiobook that Eddie Redmayne does is one of my favorite things to listen to. But I know that throughout the series, there are certain places where different creatures pop up. And that's where I really want to talk about them. So I'm trying to space them out enough in my episodes that... Uh, they will continue on with the longevity of the series but it's really just trying to make sure that it's not a creature that i want to talk about later and it's not a creature that isn't going to be really just 
out of nowhere in the area that I am in the story. And so it is very um, meticulous in the uh, just for me in the choosing of a creature. But I am very intentional in what I'm picking because I know that there are certain ones that I want to use later on. Hey, Tony, can I make a, 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 um, a request? Absolutely. <laughs> my, my request, I don't know. Well, you have a YouTube channel for the podcast, right? Correct. So th this is my request. And feel free to plug that if you want, Tony. Yeah, I, I think it would be really cool on your on your uh, Common Room Talk YouTube channel. Is it called Common Room Talk? The YouTube it is, channel yes. called Common Room Talk. If you did, if you took, either took the audio from you doing the creatures segment, or if you did re-recorded a different creature segment, get some artwork from like the internet and stuff or, or from that. clips from movies well i can't draw everything thank you kimbra i was gonna and, go there too you drew me a lovely festival i did but there's some amazing artists that could do much more justice but Name make Matt. like make like little five ten minute however long it needs to be little mini videos on creatures that would be really cool. that would be so cool like they do that in the world of dungeons and dragons there are youtube channels that kind of do that a little bit but and there may be somebody that does it with harry potter but i haven't seen it and like i think that would be really cool i haven't seen it either but if you wanted to do that for me matt that would be great <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know about you tony but i think matt is the only one of us who actually has any drawing talent uh, I, I don't have drawing talent. I can paint, but I don't have drawing talent. But yeah. but you can use clips from you know films, and you can you can get art from the internet for that kind of thing. I think I think that's what people generally do. You got to be a little careful with copyright, I think. But yeah. But, uh, what about like what about for a cruise creature? What about I know I said this before, Matt Kimbro. Uh, what about something? Pre I know it's not in the Caribbean, but what about something prehistoric? I keep coming back to the Mosasaur. So. <laughs> Uh, we have we have talked about doing a, a prehistoric episode and just like kind of a for fun what would it have been like to cruise during whatever era of time um, and and doing that and we'll probably will get we probably will get to that at some point I think I every time we think about it then we think about the research that goes into it right and then we <laughs> yeah. do something else yeah I I know that I did cover megalodon on the cruise geeks pretty extensively uh so i may do that again especially like maybe that'll be like a shark week episode or something like that uh but then that, that's a good idea matt why don't we uh why don't we collab and do a mythical cruise creature and just do uh, a mer, mer creatures together that okay would be, that would be amazing yes I'm yeah for that yeah so am i i'm behind you guys 100 percent. so yeah, there's um, there's a lot, and I can't give my because like I have expertise, but I can't give my expertise on creatures or anything of that kind. But if you need my expertise on anything like dom uh, like dinosaurs or something like that, I'm happy to happy to give it wherever needed. Oh, you, you've you've come up in the discussions when we've talked about doing the prehistoric episode. So yes, good, <laughs> and I appreciate and thank you thank you so much for that for that scene on the on the on fantastic on fantastic studios about the Amber Cove. That was really cool. That was well, really we, really we cool. More, we went back, so we've got more videos coming, and I think we uh, there's another section. I think you got another cameo in there. So yay! 
We we just got we, we're behind in our editing this time around. We got them all out real quick on the last cruise, but this most recent one, we're going a little slower. But we're gonna, yeah. we're going to get to them in the next few weeks, I think. So we are. It looks like according to my timer, we're actually about a little over an hour. So. Yep. Uh, thanks, Tony. <laughs> um, so, if you guys wanted to get, throw in a little plug for each of your uh, uh, channels, cruising, I mean, the podcast, the studios, yours, Tony, feel free to feel free to jump in now. I'll add it. Well, I'll, one of us or my producers will add it on in the end, the little promos I've recorded. But if you want to jump in and give a little plug, feel free to go ahead and do that. Yeah, no, I also wanted to tell you really quick, Dan, I don't know if you know this, but on our first cruise, my wife and I, we were cruising during Halloween, and our costumes were the inflatable T-Rex costumes, and we came in second place in the costume contest as nice. the, uh, the twerking T-Rexes. I don't know why we got that name, but that's what we were called. <laughs> well, thank um, you. Thank you. Go okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Keep going, Tony. I was going to say, uh, if you do want to find my podcast, uh, it is Common Room Talk. We're on all major platforms, including YouTube, all under that same name, Common Room Talk. It's uh, a chapter-by-chapter basis of Harry Potter going through the original series and um, talking about everything as we go through it chapter-by-chapter. Cool. Cool. Matt, Kimbra? Yeah, so we have the Fantastic Cruising Podcast. It is about all things cruising. Um, we feature the the cruise creature every week as well. You can find that on all major podcast platforms as well. We also have the YouTube channel, Fantastic Studios. We decided to apparently make everything different, but that's okay. And then, if you search Fantastic Cruising on YouTube, you'll come up with Fantastic Studios. Will you? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yep. Um, and then we also have the our Facebook group, the Fantastic Cruising Community on Facebook. Yeah. I guess I'm also on Facebook as well. I'm on there as uh, Common Room Talk is the, the group page on there. Absolutely. And if I might have lost Dan again. Oh. Did we lose Dan again? He was back for a second. Well, I'm just going to take this opportunity to say thank you to Dan for inviting us on tonight. One, because it's cool to get to be on your podcast, Dan. And two, because it's always fun to talk to friends. And it's I knew, I knew it was just going to be a ton of fun getting to talk to, to you, Dan and Tony. Of course, always a pleasure. And uh, I was absolutely right. I made that prediction and I was, I was correct. correct. This has been a lot of fun. Someday we're going to do it in person. Yes. yes. And it, it has been a lot of fun, and I, I love that we were told originally it was supposed to be 30 minutes, and we have uh, more than doubled that now, uh, just being able to talk about Harry Potter. And again, I apologize. This is not a Harry Potter podcast. I mean, he was warned. I was like, you, you put Tony in and Kimber and I on a podcast, it's going to it's gonna go over. Every time we're on somebody's podcast or YouTube It's thing, at least double what their normal time is. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. much for joining in here thank you matt you guys for on and stick around everyone for a little bit more on the end here thank you guys all so much thank you
want to check out the best podcast and best YouTube channel out there, true, true friends of this podcast, check out Fantastic Cruising over on Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcasting devices and services. Give them a five-star review. Head on over to YouTube. Look up Fantastic Studios. Give them a five-star review and give them comments. They'll love that to death. They are the greatest podcast out there. Give them a shout out. Want to check out the greatest storytelling podcast out there? Want to ride to Hogwarts with Hagrid? Check out Common Room Talk on all the major podcast platforms. Tony tells you a story that will pull you in. You will be impressed and you will love it all the time. Please join me in supporting and giving to the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project. When you donate to the Pride Foundation, you join thousands of supporters building a better, safer, more equitable world for LGBTQIA people and their families. Every gift, whether $1 or $1,000, makes an impact for real people and ripples outward into our communities. There are many different ways to join and help the fight. Also go on to their websites for the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project and donate and help in any way possible. The Trevor Project offers support and help for LGBTQIA youth all over the country and all over the world. Please show them some love and give them some support.